0: in trouble hey
1: hey hey welcome to the 27th episode of born in trouble i'm your host john x and i'd like to welcome you all to the thought and conversation space how are how y'all brothers doing today (laughs) doing well doing well yeah great so every time you see, I know y'all wanna laugh because like I, I know Grant wants to laugh. You like that what you like that new extra <laughs> intro you like I thought
0: that? you I thought you was going in deep immediately.
1: I was about to go in deep, but you know what though I'm 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 gonna hold some back for y'all.
0: Just there a little go. bit. Right.
1: We're just uh, getting started. We can't you, start at the top. The song isn't started at the top, now we're here. It started at the bottom now. We're here. Right. Then we right, started at right. the top and now we're here. That right. we fucked no up. We fucked All up right. in the game. And the game's <laughs> just getting started. Yeah, I'm about From Detroit, leave. Michigan. Paddles on From Detroit, Michigan. Home of City Wings.
0: 2896 West Grand Boulevard, Detroit, Michigan. Come what? down and get you some.
1: Come Damn. get you some chicken. Mr. Grant
0: Lancaster. <laughs> what up, dog? How my brother's doing?
1: Awesome. All right. And, of course, from Los Angeles, California, the one, the only, Mr. Gene Hopkins.
2: Hey, just outside of Los Angeles in an undisclosed city where it hits 100 degrees today. It's hot as a motherfucker
1: out here, boy. 100 degrees. Just like your commentary most of the time. <laughs> Y'all gonna love it today. The questions go with Orlando. All right, and welcome back our special guest from Utah, home of porn and Mormons, (laughs) (laughs) and the best invest and the best investment advice on the internet, Mister WO Orlando Walters.
3: Good evening, everyone. I got. Cuba on my mind, hotel Saratoga in the background. Uh, that's the goal for 2022. So let's uh, let's put it out there and let's manifest it.
1: Send this oh, man, man so. some money. What so we doing? We buying the hotel.
3: <laughs>
1: Send this man some money.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we buying the hotel. Nah, we're, the gonna we, we, we're gonna party. We're gonna party on the rooftop first. Uh, then okay. we'll think right. about buying it. Let's get it. I like that. I like that.
1: Partying in
0: Cuba. It could be trash. It could be trash. We need to party first. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, bro. Let's make it happen.
3: We put it out there.
1: We put it out there. We're going to Cuba to dance on some rooftops. No cameras allowed. It's going to be just like the way we grew up. There's no internet there. (laughs) We can do whatever the hell we want to. Within the reason of the law, of course. Is yeah.
0: there a law in Cuba? There's law in Cuba. America would have you America would have you think there was no law in Cuba. Well, I mean, I'm just you know I don't there even know no new car. We know there ain't no new
1: cars in, in Cuba. I'm trying to figure out how Vin Diesel got there in that movie. How do you get there? How do you get to Cuba? You know, he you can go to Cuba. Go to Cuba in the Furious. Can't and the you go Furious? to Cuba now? He, he went hey, there. Can't you go to Cuba? You can, but like, you know, he was like post up there. Chilling. He I just know. like
0: had a spot in Cuba.
1: That dude is like international, yo.
0: Yeah, but they they think he's a white boy though.
1: No, but he's international though. He's a movie Correct. star and he's international. So yeah. let's give it up for No, let's not. <laughs> anyway, so here we are. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I can I can actually fit that into this. I'm going to show you how good I am. I'm going to segue this dude into the conversation. Today's conversation is the price of everything and the value of nothing. That's what we're talking about today. And the reason why I decided to get into this topic was I saw some conversation about, it was based upon a monetary hypothetical in which they said that you give a poor person a certain amount of money they go out and it's gone. You give a rich person that same amount of money. That money is multiplied X amount of times. So it got me thinking about what's the, the price of everything and the value of nothing. Because the argument would be is that a poor person is taking that and is spending it on um, frivolous things. You know, 40 ounces and blunts. That's America, right? That's what we're supposed to spend our stuff on. And Detroit also chicken. Right, oh, I <laughs> So it's like, but the, it's a very, but really, it's like I make jokes about it, but the thought process of the price of everything and the value of nothing, especially in today's society, and how I could bring it to like Vince, D, Vin Diesel. Like he thought that he is the Fast and the Furious franchise and continually bothered the Rock until the Rock said, "I'm no longer doing the movies anymore." I didn't hear anything about the last like Fast and the Furious and Paul Walker is dead. So it's like that was kind of like someone who didn't really understand the value that somebody else brings to your franchise. And all you have to do is shut the fuck up sometimes and just not be the big dick to keep the money flowing in. And sometimes that's what happens with people at work. They start thinking that they're more important than what they are. You run off at the mouth and they lose their job. we've all seen that happen, right? yeah I've seen that happen to somebody or no, twice it right? well
3: place? It, it, it's it's like the old adage when when people i always talk about time being the most um valuable commodity that we have, right and the moment you drop dead at your you know you drop dead, your job is posting your position thirty minutes thirty minutes after you pass away. And that's right. Um, so it, yeah, and, and that's and that that's true. Yeah. That's true. And that's why, you know, I talk of the reasons why I talk about time being the most valuable commodity that that we have, because sometimes we put such an importance on things um that don't matter. And what the thing that really matters most is, is our time is time.
1: Well, I think the thing that makes you most interesting with this, Orlando, is that you do, you working in financial services, you make a significant amount of money, but yet I, I know that you're always out traveling to different places. You've been all around the world. Like, what are some of the places you visited with the money that you've made? Why did you choose to even have those experiences? Do you think that there's value in that? Because some people would say that's frivolous.
3: No, I think there's always value in exploring and meeting other people from other cultures and learning things outside of your own bubble. Okay. Um, So when I started making, you know, real money, I made a goal to go to Europe or to travel to Europe or to Asia at least once a year, right? And to explore different countries and different cultures and I found that it enhanced my business because it provided me with experiences and talking points that I could share with other people mm.
1: in that bubble in that world. So for you, it's a like it, there's a you would say that those vacations and those trips and those visits actually added value to your worth overall because of what you uh, because of what you do.
3: I think yeah, it did. It, it does in a, a social sense, in that you learn how other people experience things and think about things. It is not just all about American and America. Um, you're you're learning different languages and different nuances um, of things that otherwise, if you didn't, you know, if you weren't hands-on, you would never experience. Um, but it also creates balance because, again, there are times when I'm working 80, 90 plus hours in a week. And I don't know who I was talking to, but I was, you know, tr- driving myself to have a heart attack. Mm. Sometimes I would forget that I needed to take time off. We've had that um, conversation. So, you know, that's part of that's part of my balance. That, that might have been with you. Yeah, yeah, we've had that conversation. Uh, you know, I was driving myself to. Yeah, so um You but tend yeah, to that, you, that, that's that's where I'm and, and again that's
1: Go ahead. No, I was gonna say you tend to disappear because you get into your work, work vibe and out of all of us on this thing, I know Grant, you have basically have two jobs. You're a firefighter and you own your restaurant. Gene, you have your one gig, what you do, same goes with me. But when you're spending a lot of time like doing those things it's like the the question is, like, where is the value in it? What comes in the value in it? And, you know, how did you get there? Was it did you was it there a lot of hard work involved? And what you're saying is that there's still a lot of hard work involved. I think Orlando just froze.
3: No, I can. I can hear you. OK. Yeah. yeah
2: no. Well, there's,
0: there's more work involved after you get it.
2: You think? After he starts getting successful, it doesn't become less work. That's the trick. Yeah. That's the trick. <laughs> you know, I mean, unless you pace it, I mean, you know, unless unless you uh, govern it, I should say, put a governor on, you know. But if uh nah, the more clients, the more work. That's what I'm finding.
1: You have to put your hands on it, you have to put your hands on more things. It doesn't become easier. No,
2: it's easier to do the work, but the work is not less. I guess that's that's how I see it. You know, I, uh, for instance, you think of, uh, I just watched the, the Jeffrey S. Epstein Netflix uh, special. Blew my mind, by the way. But you think of people who have money like that, right? They have toys and this and that. And, and I guess uh, you see glimpses of them living the good life and stuff. But man, yo you are, I mean, you know, you are on down there 24 hours a day when it comes to business priorities. Right. You don't shut that down because, uh, uh, because of momentum, I guess, is what I'm learning. And I think it would be the same, uh, they would have so much more momentum than I've ever realized or can, can imagine. If you worth, you know, millions of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars, and your responsibility load gets heavier, especially if you're black and you got a family. You know, and I'm not talking about immediate family either. I'm talking about any blood. If you're doing well enough, uh, and then if you love black people and love your community, I mean, the response you have money to do things, so the responsibilities are uh, just pile up more and more and more and more. It's how I see it. But but again, uh, you know, if you if you're doing well enough financially, then you have an aid in helping to handle those responsibilities, well, and so it, problems. It, it, it will. Yeah, but my point is, it's still work. All of it, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. and so there's there's no I'm, I'm off and I'm doing nothing for right. long periods of time, right. which which you think that's the ultimate reward for, uh, for financial success, but. What you start realizing it, and I'm not even. But I'm not even. I don't consider myself financially successful. I, I consider myself in in a general sense because of it's all relative. But I, I I consider myself successful in many different ways, and the finances aren't bad. But you know, there ain't no Epstein finances and and shit I saw on that special. Where, but yeah, I mean, the short version of the point is, I think the work increases either through added responsibilities, and that's social, financial, this, that, and everything else when our
3: definition or our general definition of success happens.
1: But, you know, so... Well, Grant, do
0: you... you, hey, had, you go ahead, Grant. Uh, oh. No, nah, what are you going to say?
3: Yeah, what were you going to mm, say, I, Orlando? No, uh, I was I was just going to say the stress continues. It's just a different type of stress. Right. It's, not the, it's not the stress of trying to build something anymore. It's now the stress of maintaining and not going backwards. Scaling up. Yeah, 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 scaling up. My stress comes from, you know, I like to win, right? I like to see my name at the top of, of performance lists. I like to see my name at the top of lists. So my stress comes from, even when I take days off, there's a part of me that's like, I'm on the beach right now, drinking and eating, but somebody else is on the phone. And who called in today that would have been my client that I'm not getting? Right. Right. You know?
1: so that's a different... So
3: it's a different, it's a different, yeah, it's a different type of stress. It's not, the stress isn't, how am I going to pay, you know, this bill? It's, it's not that anymore. It's, how can I win? Well... Uh, at as, least for me anyway.
1: As far as like the first comment is concerned, the question being the price of everything. And with the subjective thought process of you give $600 to a personality, like, I know if you giving you $600, that money is going to flip. But how do you feel about the person who gets the $600 and they might, do you think it's necessarily true that a, they're spending, they're wasting all of their money or could it be something like the, they could assign a different value to it. And at this point in time, like you start out from a place where you start out from a place where you're not worrying about paying your bills. So your mindset is different now, right? It's a
2: false equivalence. I think eh?
1: you think so. What?
2: Well, yeah. Uh, well, you know, first of all, we don't have to go into how rigged it is that for every Orlando, there's a, uh, Four hundred ninety nine uh, shipwrecks. Right. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they right. Tried to sell the same way. You know, right. and right. so and so. It's really and and uh, beyond that simplification. It's not designed for people to come up out of the mud. That, that's the that's the well, uh, that's the marketing lie. Well, they yeah. afford, Well, know? what I'm
1: well, what I'm trying to get at is that is there is there some type of loophole? Is there some way that we can like change and make that make that the shift in the values?
2: You talk about discipline, but discipline is more than just a, a decision when it comes to finances. Because, like Orlando was saying, you know, so his his worries aren't how these bills are going to get paid, right? But if your worries are how the bills are gonna get paid, can you really think clearly when it comes to investing and shit like Definitely that without
3: monetary. all yeah. types
2: of discipline that somebody had to give you or you're special with or something, which most people aren't? That's what I mean by the false equipment. Like he's they're in a different most people are in a different world. So yeah, there are things they can do. They the, people make plenty of money charging people to tell you what to do. But the reality is. The reality is, it, it's a difficult to almost impossible task for them to even get the, the mindset to have the discipline. I can only right. imagine, you know. And, and it might have to come through experience. You may have to get sick of being broke before you exercise that kind of discipline. You may have to have a tragedy in your life before you exercise that type of discipline. But but uh, but now, man, you know what I wish... I wish I wasn't in the race, the capitalism. I wish I didn't have to be, but I didn't make this country. This is how they operate. And and I want you know, I, I I want good for my family. So I play the game. But I wish I didn't have to. I wish I wish I wish our, our structure was completely different, you know, right. not to go but on a rabbit
0: that, trail. That's the that's the thing about this country, though. So when you start talking about value and, you know, what people are doing and who's investing money and doing whatever, whatever. One of the first things that you have to realize is that I'm gonna go back to the numbers 85, 10, and five. This country is built on top of that 85%, right? That 85% is, is supposed to be at the bottom where they are. Right now, when I say at the bottom, there's different levels, even at the bottom. But if you if you live in paycheck to paycheck kind of deal, or even if you have a little bit of money, you know what I mean? You but if you if you got sick and was off work for a month and everything went sideways, you're at the bottom, right? And America is built on the backs of those people at the bottom. But all of the, all of the things that the people at the bottom value are the things that the people, that the 15s and the 10s have accumulated off of the sweat, blood, and tears of the 85. You see what I'm saying? So the eighty-five strive to have those things you know, diamonds, you know, Mercedes, whatever, whatever it is that people value. But those, those, they value those things, not because they value them. They value them because the people that dictate everything in this country have told them that those things have value. Mm -hmm. So at some point, we have to begin to assign our own values. And we, we have to define our own terms. And we have to decide what's really valuable to us. Who am I to tell that sister that? That went and bought six hundred dollars worth of hair. Who am I to tell her that that doesn't have any value? If that's what she wants to do, you see what I'm saying? That's not what I would want. You to, that's not necessarily what I would want you to do with the money. But I can't make her have my set of value. You see what I'm saying? Right. So, so it, it's so it's all it, at a point at a certain point. It, it's it's all relative, and it's all based on our own experiences and our own. um like the, the, the things that are inside of us, things that we hold, the things that we believe are valuable. We believe they're valuable for whatever the reason is that we believe they're valuable. So
2: that's. Deep. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, and, and I guess this would be a perfect segue uh, to what we have been taught is one of the most valuable things you could do uh, or the biggest thing you could do to get started on your road to uh financial uh stability and that is uh home ownership so uh orlando i'm glad you're in this conversation and of course x i want you to uh control yourself and don't you know mess your <laughs> pants with Spooch because I start talking about <laughs> mortgages and shit like that. You know, but here, here, Here's
1: here's a serious my thing. Day I,
2: I, I, I want to run this past you guys. So, I made
1: a deal before 11,
2: but go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So, uh, you know, just because of the math, when I was doing mortgages back in 03, 04, I knew it was unsustainable what we were doing. I was putting people I was refinancing them for a grip. They was paying $25,000 to have a, a higher interest rate adjustable on a piece of shit house somewhere that appraisers were in pocket and stuff like that. So, so I knew it was unsustainable, right? right. So I, I was, I've was. i been talking to people here and there, and this kind of just came all together. But, you know, a lot of people were feeling, especially, you know, I have a cousin that's in real estate. Oh, it's, it's happening again. It's going to happen again. This, that, and that. Blah, 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 which may or may not be the case, but here's what I see because I know people who are getting all these rehab jobs from investment companies that are buying up these houses and not selling them. And then I know people who are trying to get into houses and who have just gotten the houses that have had to ask, and this is nationwide, from Seattle to Atlanta to whatever, have had to ask, Overlisting for the houses, and so it, you know, I so I, I went down the rabbit hole and thought it was like, okay, what's in it for an investor to start buying? You know, have a have a goal to buy six hundred properties in two years in in, in one location uh, that's not necessary. I see as a hot location. What are they thinking when they buy these and they're not even looking to sell them but rent them? And so then I had a brief conversation with X one time. It was either you or Sid, maybe it was you. Uh I believe it was you excellent time and and, and you know where uh, where uh I think we talked about the whole homeownership landscape being yes. shifted right now. Yeah. And so after after that conversation, I started thinking, it really makes sense that. I don't know why they haven't thought of it before, but maybe it's just that, you know, timing is everything. But right now, with all the volatile shit you can invest in and everything else, that's a sure way to bring in big money because if you control the, the masses' ability to to buy or if you, if you control their ability to, where they're gonna rent, how much their rent is and everything else, then you can control a whole bunch of things that spin off of that. You know, uh, uh, th- th- that uh, people have all types of services and shit. Right. And and you can you can have your hand in that and everything else. So I've been telling people, and I've been telling people I could be wrong, there's two left feet, so take this with a grain of salt. I've been telling people <laughs> my gut is that uh, you should be holding on to any fucking thing you own right now, as far as housing and property and this and that, because I I know a lot of people personally that are jumping out for the money, and then right. make it. They, they just got in the house three four years ago, and and they can come out with a hundred something thousand in equity, two hundred thousand equity. Then take it. I have a sister, Gina, who y'all know, uh, who who probably uh, damn near owns a house, this worth probably. Uh, I don't know, $200,000. It's a small house and everything else. And she thinking about cashing out and getting a mobile home, this, that, and the third. And I think, I really think that we ain't seen shit yet. The motherfuckers who hold on to their shit now could very well become bonafide millionaires in five years, because if they buy, if these investment people are buying up all the shit and the prices of building houses have go, gone through the roof and everything else, right. Then of course, if there's not people, if they're not being built at the same rate and they're not being bought because there's none available, if they control the inventory of, of w- whether or not you, there's enough houses for people to get in buy if they want to, then the price has to go. I mean, it's about supply and demand and stuff. It seems like the perfect scheme that a corporation in this country would run. And, and so so shoot holes through that and tell me what I'm missing, uh, you know, in, in that line of thinking, if y'all would.
3: Well, I, I will say this. Um, you know, my family and I, we're, we're we're in the real estate business as well. Interest rates are starting to go back up. And there are different regions where home prices are going to probably remain hot, but there are going to be other areas in this country where you are going to see a downturn and the bubble is going to burst. Now, when that is and where that is, I don't know, but we've been in an economic bull market since 2009 2010 that's over let's say 10 11 12 years now that's unprecedented in this country um the bubble is going to burst at some point it's going to burst and there's a part of me that is waiting for that to happen because because that's whats and take advantage of a lot of disadvantage from others, but at the same time, we're building things now and we are taking advantage of this housing boom, especially in Texas. Um, my, My thing is be cautious. If you can afford to live in your home, stay in your home. If you have cash on the side, keep that cash on the side and be ready to, to jump in. But at some point in time, this bubble is gonna burst. And I can tell you, interest rates are starting to go up. And that that in itself is a sign that these with these low interest rates and the high value of these homes, there's gonna be an inverse reaction.
0: So just speak, speaking from a kind of different perspective, First of all, I think that uh, uh again, 85, 10, and 5. For the 85s, I think home ownership is a pipe dream. I don't I don't think that the 85s are are, I, I think that it's something that every now and then one of the 85s can get to home ownership. And I'm and I'm just saying that as as a percentage. If you I think it's certain cities that you could go to and you could you can own a home, like Detroit is one of those places. But you can't go to Los Angeles and just as a working cat, you know, regular, whatever you whatever you're doing, it's it's difficult to buy a house in Los Angeles, in New York, Florida, even in some places in Texas, because the the prices are just astronomical. So but we have. So what we have in Detroit going on and this has been going on for a few years in Detroit is you have, have our own investors that are buying. Property sight unseen, just to hold them, right? And and it's you know sometimes they're rehabbing them, doing whatever. Sometimes they're you know not. Um, but it seems like there's a lot of uh, holding of these properties, and there's of them, but there's no there's no rehab going on. It's it's just holding for you know whatever the next big thing is and that's that's where the problem comes in because you have you have outsiders that own all these properties but you can't get to them so you can't rehab them so you can't make the neighborhood better you you know what i mean like there's there's a there's a i don't know i don't know what you would call it but it's it's a it's a it seems like it's a, a contrived uh it's it's an a contrived idea not necessarily to keep a bad neighborhood a bad neighborhood until somebody else comes in, you know, a bill, some billionaire comes in like Dan Gilbert did here and buys up everything that you already bought, you know what I mean? But it's for for the poorer people, it's gonna it's always gonna be more difficult for them to achieve that goal of home ownership. Well, so
1: that is the way that that's the way a lot of real estate works. They decide. In back rooms, the group will make a decision to go into an area and gentrify it. And right. what you're describing is a part of that plan. And a part of that plan is buying out as much property as you possibly can, um, getting neighborhoods out. If the neighborhood doesn't get any better, it's actually better for the company, the people that are coming in to buy it, because it keeps the property prices low and the values is right. low. Um that's generally all the back work that's done in political rooms where they decide that they're going to put $100 million into this area to build up stores and beatify the neighborhood. And that's when things start to move and they start to change. What you said, Gene, is like, I just let you go because you you pretty much nailed the way, what they do. And that was a conversation that we had. There are a lot of groups that are out here. And home ownership is... This country's economy, what people don't understand is that this economy was based upon, first and foremost, real estate, up until the crash of, crash of the market. You had REITs all over the place, which is a real estate investment trust. These are the swaps of paper that they were selling on Wall Street that were that was propping up the economy, that was propping up the false economy. These mortgages were had paper on them. A $200,000 mortgage had a million dollars worth of paper on it you know this is what happens this is what they do so it's just a matter of what the next step is and is there a way for is there a way for the 85s to get in there and stop it probably not you know it's a change of mindset and that change of mindset isn't something that's coming to you in the next in the next um public education offering for the next 12 years you know, public education is more about indoctrination than it is about individuality. And it's going to take a bunch of individual thoughts to actually break through something like that. So you're stuck with the system that you're stuck with. So it kind of brings me to the value of public education. What is the value of public education if you're in 85 And you're just going to be... You're really just being walked down a a pathway where you can never think outside the box. See, the thing that makes us all unique is that we all come from the same place. But if you notice, we come from a different era and a different time. And imagination allowed us to blossom and become the people and the different individuals that we are. They don't have that... They don't have that thought process that will allow them to even get there. So... I'm changing the conversation, the context of the value from a monetary one to an educational one, because in order for you, for those people to go out and pursue their happiness, to even get to a point where Orlando is now, where he doesn't think about those things on a daily basis, his thought, his problems are a different set of problems. If you want to get a different set of problems, this is why we have Orlando on the show. So you know that a lot of people say they want to be rich and they want to build up to things, but... People say I want to be rich and I want to retire when I'm forty, but that's not generally how it works. And the majority of people who have made money—if you, any of you guys have—I know Orlando, you've read Thinking Grow Rich. Gene, did you read Thinking Grow mm-hmm. Rich? Grant, mm-hmm. you've read that book. Yep. So, yep. and one of the underlying stories, or the the real main story about that, is that most of those people J, um, J. Paul Getty, um, the Rockefellers—all these people that were studying in this. A lot of these people didn't achieve their success until they were in their 40s and 50s, some of them even later in their 60s and 70s, because they had to learn and they had to try and they had to fail. But we had right. said earlier in, the, in, this, in this conversation about what the message is when you fail today is like that is like a boom. It's like the message is you failed, you're done, you're finished. But the powers that be, most of us, we've all read that book so we understand that that's far from the truth if anything those experiences are what's going to get you to the next point into next level of where you need to be so the programming is counter is my point so where do we get that where do we get the value out of that programming and that's what i was thinking when i read that when i read that comment and i read that thread about the 600 dollars you had a lot of people that were judging people who are poor because they would not have that money. And a lot of other people were coming out and saying, well, that's a stupid fucking, it's a stupid question because not everybody is going to have the means to take $600 and invest it. But we all know that there's a whole bunch of space in between spending it all and like turning some of it into something. I myself like if I'm in a situation like that I'm going to find a way to make that 600 to at least take 200 of it and put it to the side so I can go do something else with
3: it. You
1: know, and then I take the 400 but, but, you have to build slower. You build differently.
3: But 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 the thing with that example is when it says a poor person and and a and a rich person, right? Well, like what does poor mean if 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 you give me six hundred dollars and, and six hundred dollars is all i have and that and i haven't eaten in two weeks me going to buy food is is that wasting money because i went and bought food you see that's
1: the part of the judgment that comes in that i'm trying to get at and everything that people judge that and they say they never think about the fact that this person might not have eaten in a week right so You know, going and getting yourself a meal was like one thing. Now, what happens from there is like, okay, well, you broke. Do you go? You know, you want to get a job. Do you go get yourself a nice set of clothes and everything? Is buying clothes now is that wasteful or is that useful? It all depends on the circumstance.
2: They should change the context to needs versus wants, and then take the how many, uh, how many uh, poor people. Uh, spend money
1: on wants. See, but that's advanced, well, well,
2: you know. But that's and, a, and, uh, you know, and, and how many rich people see spend?
1: The, see, the thing is, that's another level of thought, though. See, you automatically thought to go there, but mm-hmm. these other people—they're jumping. They—they they just jump completely and totally over that, and they say it's like sort of like this milk crate challenge. It's like you love to see people fail. They love to see instead of like trying to, so it's that mindset that's been, that's been born into the 85s. That's like the most difficult and the biggest hurdle. And that's like even more so than getting money because collectively, when you get a group, you actually have access to money automatically. When you come together and you have a group and you spend your money together, then you have money. You, that's basically the way that it works. everything so the money is not it's never really the problem the problem is the mindset because the person that wants to go and spend the money outside is the one that's ruining the plan
0: but that's that's the that's the programming that takes place in this country so like when you talk about the value of public education right is it that public education is the problem or is it the ease of which like the fact that people don't have to think about anything because these these computers these mega computers that we carry in our pockets we can get any information that we need at a moment's notice so there's no need to exercise your memory so there's no need to retain information so everything is everything is now you know what i mean nothing there is no there is no experience gained from anything. You see what I'm saying? So so like when you do a book report and you had to go to the library and utilize the Dewey Decimal System and get some encyclopedias, you remember that shit, right? right. Like years later, you remember that shit. I still remember shit from like second grade.
1: You remember the librarians, right? but, but, the people that you interacted right. with, everything. Right. It's, it, it's a whole
0: social experience. Right, it's part of the experience. But now- If I just go to my phone and pull up whatever for whatever report that I have to do, the likelihood is that I'm not going to retain that information. Not or at least not long term. You see what I'm saying? So so when you start talking about value, the value is taken away by the ease, by the ease of which people are able to get the information. So So I don't think public schools are necessarily the problem. You know what I mean? It's it's the the way that it's the way that the information is being given.
2: Oh no, they're definitely, they're definitely, they're definitely a problem though. Uh and, and it, it's a problem from the ground up. Just the word curriculum is a fucking problem, you know, and, and what it's comprised of uh, in most public schools. They don't have BOCES no more. They don't have, you know, it's everybody, look, man, first of all, we need to be real. It's simple you can't have rich people unless most most people are poor. That is it's physically uh, impossible for everybody to be doing good. Right. Then, then it waters down the definition of good. So, with that being the reason I'm saying that is, is that everything in our public education is geared towards some abstract fucking definition of success. And and in that definition, the visuals are insane on the material things and stuff like that.
1: So let, let me hit you with this for a second. Um, you're, what, you, what you said is, right, we can't all be, everyone can't be rich. But have we all noticed the changes that have happened in our communities over the past 40 years that where not everybody is rich, but middle class no longer exists, for example? And that used to be sort of like a um, reward level. It's like if you're playing a video game, now there's no middle. There's only bottom and top. And that has a change. It changes because it's changed the way that we all look at and we view each other in society. So my question would be like does social indoctrination play a role in fighting what seemingly would be a change to personal priorities. Because you think so. Of course.
2: Of course. I mean, you know, uh, so so the point that I was gonna make is that uh not only can't everybody be financially successful, but everybody's not gonna be good at business, even if they have an excellent skill set. They're not, you know, everybody's not gonna be a salesperson, and they could be a fucking rocket science. With I mean, you know, or or a scientist with with, with excellent skill sets or a diesel mechanic with excellent skill sets. They they probably it's unlikely that, you know, most people are not going to be a great salesman, know how to present clothes and this and that with all type of technique and shit so that they can get their skill set. They can get rich off of their skill set, which they may be one of the very best at So. My point is, is that when it comes to the schools, when we're talking about the schools, schools are not preparing, schools are foul as fuck because they, they everybody's in the same box. And instead of having 200 boxes to choose from, you got one motherfucking box. And you need to... They're, the, um, they're not in the same box. They're not in the same box. When I say the same and box, it-
0: I'm talking about everybody's
2: graded on... Uh, the same types of academics testing this that and everything else when it comes to a public school you have to pass this you have to learn this information this way pass this test to this level uh on this subject matter
0: and that's what I mean by the box the, they have to achieve it. I mean I, I, I hear what you're saying but even even that's not true. You, you see what uh-huh. I'm saying? They're, they're, I mean I, I I understand what you're saying. I'm not I'm not disputing what you're saying, but when public, public school, Schools are based on taxes. So automatically there's gonna be some inequity there. So so it's so yeah. it's not all you see what I'm saying? So that's why I'm saying it's not all one box. I know I know kids Should it be based on taxes uh, though?
1: Should public schools be, be um based on taxes? You know, I saw something else no. that was really interesting. Somebody said you go through public education one through twelve and everything, and you're supposed to do that. You tack on four more years, it becomes socialism. But as a community, don't you think it would be better if education were basically free and that would make it kind of performance based only?
0: Exactly. I believe that goes fair, against that
3: that well. goes, that that goes against the that, that goes against the master plan of all things being equal. Like, you know, you you're, you're talking now about a system where some I've had a 400-year head still threatened, and are right. still threatened by competition. Now you're talking about leveling, like truly leveling the the the, the playing field that abs- absolutely will never happen. Well,
1: if you talk in terms of nationalism, you can't even,
3: and and I'm gonna tell you, I, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, continue, continue. Uh, I I was gonna I was gonna say I I I'd never heard of critical race theory until a few months ago, right? And when I did my research on that, that was something that I, I discovered was taught in law schools. Right. Yeah. Critical race theory is, is taught in law schools.
1: Hasn't touched right?
3: hasn't touched so now you're talking about putting
1: no I was saying it our, hasn't no I was just saying it hasn't touched the high school anywhere. Curriculum anywhere.
3: Go ahead. Yeah hasn't touch a high school, a, a middle school, or, or or any of that, right? But look, look at how controversial that one topic is, right. where it's become a, a, a national talking point, right? Right. So talking about leveling the 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 playing field will never will never happen.
1: Education never. is not a priority in this That's country. That's a pipe dream education is not a priority in this in this country it never it may if it ever was it was during a times when there were wars and they needed technology and they were trying to push forward but it hasn't if it ever was that it isn't that anymore um, you would even see where they would pluck the best out of minority neighborhoods and put them into spaces where they weren't necessarily integrated into the areas, but they were allowed to learn the knowledge because it was for the national good. You don't really right. see these type of thought processes and ideas anymore. And if you're talking in terms of nationalism and wanting to have the best country, wouldn't it be to your country's benefit to have the best minds be cultivated, the greatest minds be cultivated? And that's not something that we're doing. And in, But what we are doing... Is that we're figuring out ways to buy swaths of property in Detroit in order to flip them for a profit at a future at a future um, date, and that is what gets the attention and what gets the dollar, and what gets it all. So it's like that's a value judgment that this country has made. So when people complain about the country being shitty, you may you're making that choice at the most base level. This is
2: what. Yeah, you yeah. Uh, maybe it's that uh, our public schools do more miseducating. Well, I don't know if the word is uh irrelevant educating than relevant educating. So, uh, for example, we're behind, and when I say behind, we're not the best in math and other other things, academics. Concerning education, you know, when you look at uh, China, this, that and everything else and our average eighth grade math competency compared to this and that and everything else. So we're not ahead of, of the world when it comes to that. Maybe at the college level, we, you get you get some of the things that we're where we're towards the front of the race or something, but certainly not in in urban schools and grade schools and this and that. And so perhaps a better form of education would be something that or a hundred different somethings that fit the mind or that are that works best for the mind being educated. Well and what I meant box uh granted is that they're trying to educate every mind the same. Even and whereas every mind works so different. I I I probably could have been a college math professor. I hung, I probably hung with Grant right up until trigonometry, and I was like, man, fuck this, it's too much work. But I always had a gift for math. But what I realized until I got older was I learned it differently, and that's why I I that's and, and, I, and it, it was a problem up to when trigonometry came along. It was a problem because no one was ever teaching me to the way that I learned. They would teach me to the way that it was generally learned.
0: Right. The way that it was taught. You know? They taught taught a way.
2: Exactly. So that's what I meant by the box. I didn't, you know, uh, just so that uh, I'll make sure we're talking about the same things. So with that example, I'm only one mind. And, yeah, many people excel the general way that they teach but many don't. And that's not to say that they wouldn't excel if there was a different way of teaching them. And so now you take that and you couple that with the evolution that, that is happening at a rapid pace, uh, changes in the world, this, that, and everything else. And it should be different subject matter now. Well, but I look, or I look, and I have a 14-year-old, so I'm judging this off of what I see the subject matter. He's being taught is and how it's being taught. It's crazy now because, like Grant was saying, everything is fucking completely organized for you. It's basically just plug and play when it comes to getting shit done. All your shit is laid out on an app that the teacher goes to and puts up there. And, of course, I live in a good school district, so maybe they'll do this everywhere, but even in this school district. And all you have to do, basically, is go and eliminate what's due and go look at the app and you see what's due. They're basically managing the whole process for you. It ain't no books you have to keep neat, exactly. this, that, and everything else no more. And exactly. so, but still, how many of them kids in there, and I would say hundreds in his school, they can probably excel if there was some different type of education process
1: than
3: that shit. They just give to
1: everybody. But
2: it's and
3: by. You,
1: but the whole point. This is what you have to master to be successful. Well, the whole point of it is that it's all by design. And even if you go to the collegiate level, where you express that the learning might be different or it might be better, if you look at it, a lot of the collegiate, a lot of the colleges and universities, they're doing stuff like they're getting rid of the romances, they're getting rid of the the languages, the English departments, different humanities, they're getting rid of those things. And what you have is that. The budgets of these universities are being driven by the markets and corporations. You've got corporations that are paying for whole departments and studies and different things. And then they take that that technology. They take the advantages, um they take the advantages from the biological studies and they bring it to another the technologies and they bring it and they develop it in another country. Because they paid for it at the university It actually belongs to them So even your studies And your thought processes As a student Are being Tabbed And Used for profit So Everyone in the United States Has become a different version Of a slave or a serf For lack of a better word And that's the That's the value of it the value that they put on you. Whereas in the 60s or 70s, if you came up with an idea, you might be able to get a patent and do something with it. And it would take them a while. You can make a lot of money before you actually sold out. in the 90s or the 2000s, whatever it was. But those pathways don't exist. And right now they take your ideas right out the box. They take them right off of your college computer that the university gives you to use. It's their property. So That's what right. they teach you. Our
2: education process is a is a slave
1: training program. It's a for it's exactly. a for profit. Exactly. It's a for, for profit yeah. thing. Orlando <laughs> because is because
2: they're not teaching you to innovate. Right. They're Orlando,
1: you to go change the world. Or Orlando the world. was Orlando was like sort of like you're sort of like a dinosaur, bro. Because your whole story is starting out in nursing and then just having the thought process that you know what, this shit might not be for me. I'm going to get into financial trading, something completely and totally different from where you started in hospital administration to doing what you're doing because you had a different thought process grant you going from all the things that you've done and everything into being a fireman and like, you know, opening up city wings. And now you're looking to possibly franchise city wings. That's not going to give you more time. It's going to take away. It's going to take away time, you know, and grant all I mean, uh, Gene, all of the things that you've done from the military to police to selling mortgages to what you're doing right now. Internet sales, yeah. Internet sales, yes. All this stuff is a progression, is a natural progression that's allowed for your thought process. And what I bring this back to is like suicide rates between 20 and 30 year olds are at a highest rate than ever because they don't see it because they were taught that way. But I believe that they're looked at by some as acceptable losses. Oh, absolutely. You know, and that's, that's part of the framework. And what people need to, what people need to recognize is that there is a framework that exists. um, You do exist within it. And if your name isn't um, forget about if your bank account isn't in the bees, you know, what are you talking about? Right? We're trying to get some we're trying to get ours right now. What you said about buying property earlier in the show, Gene, I agree with you hundred percent. I'm starting to feel like honestly, prices are going to continue to go up. Because I'm glad, of, glad you
2: guys chimed in. Being more specific, Orlando kind of helped me and both him and Grant helped me uh realize that this is a, maybe all unstable that's my internet can y'all hear me
1: yes yeah
2: hey. maybe maybe this is about zones like it's happening in atlanta the rent is through the roof on bullshit and this place is renting as high as they are out here in cali it's ridiculous more square footage but it's ridiculous right so maybe a certain pockets where it, it, it makes sense may you know they let detroit go to shit because they'll never put the industry and everything else that's required for people to have a thriving neighborhood again, unless somebody comes and in, in, in does it. It's about the jobs and stuff. Maybe they let a place like Detroit, and I'm just using this for example. I mean that's where you can go and try to own a home and this and that, but then you have to fight the weather and the lack of opportunity. But places that are people are gravitating towards like Austin and, and fucking you know, Atlanta and some of the other hot spots and stuff, they may never see a downturn, whether there's a bubble bust or not, because the demand will be gone. And I think when the dust settles, it'll be the people with means who are able to stay there that are there. And they don't have to build a physical wall. Because you're not going to get in if you don't have, if, you, if you're not of certain means and stuff. And so maybe my message is to the people who are in those places or around those places that are not going to see a downturn or, or you know, drastic results from a bubble, hold on to your shit. And I don't know that the bottom is going to fall out of those areas again, like it did in 08 in in those areas and stuff. So. I don't know, I mean, you know, it's all prediction and everything else, but it does make sense to me if I was a man of, of, of means it would make sense to me to buy up and get into the landlord game.
1: Well, the name of the but show the is games left. Yeah. the name of the show is The que- the Price of Everything and the Value of Nothing and we've actually covered our hour believe it or not so I'd like to thank you gentlemen and give you a round of applause <laughs> Orlando, thank you for showing up. (laughs) We missed you on the show, brother.
3: No, thank you for having me. I know uh, the summer has been a little bit busy for me. Um, uh, Again, taking another trip this weekend. But uh, come come fourth quarter, yeah, count me in. Just let me know.
1: No doubt. Orlando Walters. And from Detroit, Michigan,
0: home of City Wings, two eight nine six west grand boulevard detroit michigan
1: yes detroit michigan for your chicken
0: mr grant Lancaster. all
2: right
0: good to be here man appreciate y'all brother
1: we're gonna get us some more some new intro some new innovative ways
0: and from california
1: a city yet to be determined or disclosed Mr. Gene Hopkins.
2: That's right. I can tell you. I'll say it like Snoop Dogg said it. I got a house in the hills next to Chino. Ah.
3: <laughs>
1: We're giving you an extra round of applause for that one. Thank you, brother. You know, and for Mr. Robert Brooks, who once again is tied to this rock, tied to his rock, bringing his hammer over. Clink. Clink. <laughs> Clink! I spoke to him earlier today. I said, "Listen, bro. You know I got to tell another joke. You're not here to defend yourself." He said, "Don't worry about it. I'll be back eventually." Right? <laughs> Should I be worried, Mister Robert Brooks? And you know, if so y'all... what? So
3: what? So so Rob Rob is booed up. Is is that is that the thing? Is that, nah. is that what what's is going
1: booed on? Up? Booed up! With, booed up to the man. Boot up to the man. He's calling baseball. Baseball.
3: Oh, okay. Baseball. Okay.
1: It's a work night. Oh, okay. Baseball. Is He's still. Well, I have to He's cut awesome. that. I, I cut that out just in case because we don't want people calling up his job saying, hey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Hey, get rid of That's that right. guy. He's
2: black.
1: They won't know him anyway. He probably be on there sounding like Joe Buck or somebody. Shit. Well, he doesn't. Get out of there. He only, only fills. I think he only fills in when um he used to fill in more. Is. Like he he doesn't do so much. It's more like the other the college team and everything. But uh, you know, I'd really like to thank y'all. Right before we started doing the show, we found out that a friend of ours passed away. Too many passing away during COVID. Um. I ain't, I don't know if I'm gonna was keep was name. I don't know It wasn't COVID It was something different And no one says Go out to the family Especially John I'm a little bit down here today Tonight So it's yeah, like if I'm not my normal self I apologize She our age? She was our age? She, is a, she was a year yeah. Actually a year younger But a good soul And we lose some sometimes And um When in trouble 27th episode Y'all yeah, be good Peace
0: Maybe. I'm going to have to get your information, man.